0: we're live
1: we are yeah hello
0: uh welcome 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 this is the first ever gaming podcast live uh this is cool um so gaming magazine uh go and check out game magazine gamingmag.com uh and this is the new podcast that we do uh normally we do it on the old-fashioned ways of doing podcasts uh we're now here live on twitch we'll be here every two weeks or so um and doing some fantastic chatty with some good guests. Um, but of course, I can't do this alone. Uh, I'm joined by the fantastic Mia Bite. Hello.
1: Hello, hello, Robin. How are you this very fine day?
0: I am nervous? not too bad.
1: Are you nervous? I'm nervous. Yeah, it's, it's oh. the first
0: time we've ever done this. Well, it's the first mm. time I've ever done this. You, the experienced streamer.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Doing, yeah, but doing it daily. Li- live show, like recorded podcasts are different, like doing live sessions are different when it's like a whole thing set up with other people. If I'm by myself, I'm allowed <laughs> to screw up. If it's in a situation like this, not so much, but I'm gonna hopefully take that nervous energy and and turn it into something good for the stream. We are and, going to be absolutely fine. Yeah, we don't have to be nervous alone either because we, we have a super special guest this week, who's the co-founder of Rainbow Arcade's LGBTQIA plus Twitch team, justin moore hello everybody hey, we need like a, a round of applause <laughs> button right there just so <laughs> bring yeah,
0: we're, in. we're not uh we're not established and figured out enough to do all the emotes and everything else Though,
1: so <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: just sit back and enjoy yourselves
1: <laughs> yes yes i that's have the be.
0: wine so that's all sorted <laughs> wait
1: you're mm-hmm. all drinking alcohol i'm drinking tea Oh okay. I, have a, I
0: have water right here. <laughs> wow. Okay. So just me being a <laughs> yeah. lot. <laughs> in my defense, it's Sunday evening uh here in the UK. Um so mm-hmm. when when isn't a better time than on the Sabbath day to sit drinking red wine?
1: <laughs> oh definitely. I, I don't drink that much alcohol anymore. It's weird. Like I think those days are behind me now.
0: I, I swear lockdown because um, obviously the UK is like a respons- a responsible country
1: I feel like actually- you're saying I went into lockdown I just started
0: drinking it's- no okay so, so you go one of two ways I think either way one number one in lockdown is just drink yourself into an absolute stupor
1: mm-hmm. or
0: way number two which is I rarely drink at home he says with a glass of red wine next to him but I I rarely drink at home um and so I my my drinking is mainly when I'm going out And because we can't go out, because again, UK, responsible country, well, (laughs) Um, we we are very much in a case of like, I I literally now, I sit there and have maybe two glasses and I'm gone. Like my (laughs) my, my tolerance level for drinking is just dead in the water. (laughs) Um,
1: I just had flashbacks to the last time I was on the uh, Gaming Mag podcast when it was just the uh, audio recordings. I'm pretty sure I remember saying something about covid how it was going to destroy the world and that was like what six months ago and look at us now (laughs) so this
0: is literally literally all your
1: fault pretty much yeah yeah i'm the harbinger of of doom i believe at least that's what most people tell me
0: (laughs) to your face i suppose
1: (laughs) yeah i don't know what they say behind my back
0: jesus (laughs) but you're lovely um we're going to kick off. We've always kicked off our podcast. We, we are not going to change this. Uh, we always kick off our podcast talking about the games that we've been playing recently. Before we get into the more meaty topics of the day, um, I have been playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Or as I like to call it, Assassin's Creed Klingon Empire. Because it literally is Klingon. The whole thing. Sorry, I'm a huge Trekkie fan. And so every time you're going around the place, it's like, for the glory of this. And I'm just like, it's, it's, it's <laughs> this, is, this is Klingon. This is literally, we're playing Assassin's Creed Star Trek um i okay so Without i have the spaceships
1: a, yet <gasps> yet yet yeah did you find I, your boat and your long boat and call it the enterprise is that
0: <laughs> quite um no that there's um assassin's creed obviously for most i imagine nearly every person here watching this probably knows what assassin's creed is but obviously there's it's that so it flips backwards and forwards from present day to the historical sort of point um and there's a bit where we're coming out um there was a bit where in, in the game with i'm trying to avoid a few spoilers but it, there's a bit in the game quite early on where you come into the present day the the character steps out of the animus and there's there's two things that struck me one they talk about this massive world ending event that's happening and i'm like ha, that's that's that um and two uh what was brilliant and i'm assuming they had to write it in and write the last minute but if you go and look on the laptop of the worker, there's some emails and stuff in there. And email number one was like, "It's okay, I don't have COVID or something." Or it's like, "Oh, oh I'm, tra- or I- I'm traveling responsibly and I'm self isolating yep. or something." And I'm just like, "Okay, cool." <laughs> we're we at the point of writing COVID into games now. Yeah,
1: very timely.
0: Yeah. uh What else? What else? What else? Um. So, uh, yeah, I'm okay. I was going to talk about my small confession, wasn't I? So my small confession about Assassin's okay. Creed. Um, is I don't particularly like them.
1: Yeah, I, I I've, I've never been into Assassin's Creed all that much.
0: Mm. So no, I got into I, I tried to pick up and play Odyssey, um, but the, I think my problem was I tried to play Odyssey just after.
1: I you know what I love Odyssey. I love it oh, when you're oh, running oh, around, you. you you throw that cap out, you know, you take control of those little things, and you know you save Princess Peach. Odyssey's great. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you meant Assassin's Creed. I apologize. Go on. <laughs> it's
0: still guys with mustaches. It's the same sort of thing.
2: Same <laughs> <laughs> thing, yeah.
0: <laughs> Mario Greece. Um, no, I was playing. So I was playing Odyssey. A, it's it's fucking huge. Let's be honest with you. Yeah, it just it gets very tiresome. Um, and B, I just come off the back of playing Red Dead Two, um, and mm-hmm. the problem is, although okay, Red Dead's not set in Greece, but it's still open world exploration, riding on a horse. Um, and this one was open world exploration and sort of riding on a horse because the horse mechanics are terrible. And oh. it's really good to see that in, they spent like three or four years uh, really getting to grips with a new game and still not being able to figure out the horse mechanics uh, for <laughs> yeah. Assassin's Creed Valhalla.
1: Which was the Assassin's but, yeah. Creed game that everybody loved, like the one with the boats. I feel like there was one with boats that everybody loved.
2: Is so that the like Pirates?
1: Yeah, yeah. Blackfield? I have no idea what it's called. Black yeah, probably. Isn't there supposed yeah. to be like another game with the same mechanics coming out that's just disappeared off the radar too? Black flag. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Black
0: chat. There yeah. it is. Yeah. Oh, well done, chat.
1: I can't remember what that's supposed to be though. This isn't is it, it doesn't matter. It's just yeah, it's just it's, it's it's just completely gone out of my mind. There's supposed <laughs> to be another game coming and that a lot of people are looking forward to, and now it's just gone. But
0: that's Cyberpunk, isn't it?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Cyberpunk, <laughs> yeah. The game that will never exist.
1: hmm hmm oh, I've been waiting for that for so long. Is that all you've been playing at the moment, then, Assassin's Creed?
0: Oh, yeah, good point. Yeah, back on topic. Um, I, I played a little bit of Watch Dogs, um, and because I've got a little pet hate brewing in me at the moment that might turn into an article, but <laughs> I thought I don't quite know how to do it, so I might just talk about it here. There's no gay bars in Watch Dogs.
1: Yeah, I heard something about this. I
0: wouldn't mind that if they hadn't meticulously recreated London.
1: Mm, And as someone
0: who used to live in London and someone who used to work in a gay bar in London, naturally, of course, the first thing that I do is I go and drive to Soho and I'm going up and down the Soho and it's like, where are the gay bars? There's, There's plenty of straight titty bars. It's not like they've taken all the sex out of it. It's just the fact they've taken the gay bits out of it. Yeah. And I find yeah. I find that really, really uncomfortable. Um, as there is one rainbow flag tucked up an alleyway um between a, what is a sex shop in real life and is also a sex shop in the game, but also Madame Jojo's, which is a fantastically huge uh strip club in London. Um, and then up that alleyway, which is never a, did n- never did have anything, have, have anything gay up there, um, there's a random rainbow flag, but all the major kind of big points. Um, I just they're gone. There's no, it's just like it has bar written on the front of it. And I think mm. the most, the biggest crime was actually down, not in Soho, down in Vauxhall. Um, sorry, Justin, if you haven't been to London, we're completely freezing you out this part of the <laughs> conversation, but go with it. Um, but down in Vauxhall, uh, which is the other side of the river from Soho, they have, um, the, the literally the world famous Royal Vauxhall Tavern, the RVT, which is a, a massive, uh, institution of a gay bar and cabaret place uh didn't even bother putting the building in just put a little park um and i just yeah that was wow that was Mm. weird um didn't particularly care for the first watchdogs didn't really care for this one so i just sort of thought well i'm gonna dip in and just have a quick nosy around um i didn't i I didn't pay for it so i didn't feel too bad about it
1: (laughs) (laughs) good yeah Uh, that's i mean it's kind of always kind of disheartening when you hear about like just queer erasure in general in video games and honestly it doesn't surprise me from the the same company that doesn't know how to model women correctly for years until very recently so yeah quite
0: um Mm. i i was like i said i was going to do an article about it i was thinking should i do something shouldn't i do something um and somebody i was talking to was trying to sort of put a point of view across about the fact that because it's in this kind of post Brexit Albion uh, futurist sort of thing, that maybe the whole gay thing wouldn't be acceptable. Um, bit oh, right. it's like
1: because it's like a fascist kind of like leadership that's taken over London or whatever. Yeah. The sort yeah. Of, yeah.
0: Very much a far right sort of thing. So you can imagine that the sort of LGBTQ people would be pressed underground perhaps in that moment. But I, I still. I wouldn't have minded that explanation if they hadn't have meticulously re- recreated all the straight sort of titty bars and whatever else yeah. around so mm. like why do that and then deliberately almost put a bag over the head of
1: So if that if that was the reasoning, them, then then they would have like recreated it and then like maybe had like signs covering them all up or maybe they were boarded totally, up or absolutely. something like that. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's not the only thing that's happened with that. They had uh, they removed the um, one of the mm. voice actors because she has some very yep. turfy views too. Yep. So it seems very to be terfy. a repeating theme.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll give I will I will give Ubisoft a hint of credit in the fact they at least took action. Um, yeah,
1: I think like considering the situation, it was probably the best course of action for them. Yeah. In any case, even just as a business decision, like you don't really don't want to be associated with that. And, like, of course, you have the people crying about, you know, freedom of speech, freedom of speech. Like, they have their freedom to do what's best for their product. And if you say stuff in the past and you haven't made any, uh, you haven't come out and said that you've, like, changed your views or anything like that, then they're basically saying, okay, we're just going to give this person a platform. It doesn't necessarily mean that they agree with what she's saying, but the fact is people can still find that person, they can still oh, that, that's an actress that exists. Let's go look into more of their stuff. And like, oh, that's what they believe in. I might agree with this. I might not agree with this, you know, but like it's still giving them space to promote themselves in that way. Absolutely. I
0: mean, yeah. freedom of speech is never freedom from consequence.
1: Exactly. Right. That, yeah. That's
0: what a lot of our um, our American friends sometimes don't quite comprehend on that one.
2: Yeah. Um, mm. So,
0: But we won't get into that. It's a gaming podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, what have you been playing recently?
2: So I've I've also been playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I've been, yeah, we've, I've been enjoying you've seen
0: so the far. social media.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I spent a lot of time in the tattoo shop. I'm not gonna lie. Um, but it's it's I've been enjoying it so far. Uh, I've I'm the I'm the type of person I Assassin's Creed games aren't exactly what I always go to, but I've been playing it sort of in my downtime from streaming and sort of the exploration bit has been really fun for me. Um, in addition to that. Uh, I'm thinking back to like Halloween and like the you know spooky months and streaming those kind of games. So I played a lot of Phasmophobia, uh, mm. the new uh, Dark Pictures anthology game, Little Hope as well, which was interesting. Right. Uh, I definitely have feelings about it for sure. I have
1: feelings about that too. <laughs> I played it towards the um the end of October, I believe, yeah. w- when it came out. Um, how did you feel about the overall story without like spoilers?
2: Like- um didn't mind it so much in the beginning, you know, like Mm -hmm. I I feel like, especially in the horror genre of games, like a lot of times, like we don't get like, there's a lot of horror games, but you know, they're Mm -hmm. not always very well thought out. And then some, you know, we just, I myself cling to sort of a horror game that even has like a modicum of like a story to it. So I wasn't, so upset about it but i will say that the ending sort of threw me off a little yeah, bit.
1: yeah <laughs> i had a very similar experience like i was loving it i was loving like the whole experience i'm like i, I really want to this is a really cool mystery i wonder where this is going exactly. and then to have that particular very tropey yes ending was like uh kind of took away from everything a little exactly bit, yeah 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 but most of like the rest of the game is is fantastic in terms yeah. of presentation and 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 how like those particular games from that studio i think it's super massive is it they're they're fantastic i've not played um man of medan i heard some people had some similar feelings about that That it kind of just like wasn't it was a bit of a man very
2: high with until dawn because i Mm. love and then man of medan i didn't hate it but i didn't love it as much as until dawn so like if it was its own game sort of standing alone on its own i would have been like yeah man of Medan's great but you know, everything I was like thinking about it was like definitely inflected with, you know, the, the whole my mm-hmm. the experience I had with Until Dawn and how much I loved it. So I think that's why I wasn't as big of a fan. But I think for me, Man of Medan is my least favorite of the three and then Little Hope and then uh, Until Dawn is still number one.
1: Definitely. Yeah. I've not played Man of Medan, but Little Hope is is definitely second to until Dawn at yeah. the moment. How have your uh, phasmophobia experiences been going?
2: <laughs> they Honestly, it's so chaotic and it's so much fun. I, I mean, I, I personally think like just adding in some of the mechanics that they did and obviously the game isn't like the most polished thing ever or anything. No, it's you know, like, so
1: janky, but, things, but yeah, it's
2: but very enjoyable. something charming about, you know, the voice comms and the way they set it yeah. all up and being able to play with friends. And, and so I personally, I think for me during like October, you know, the Phasmophobia games are what stands out to me as like the most fun I had while streaming like a horror category of game. Mm-hmm. Like I just think back to like some funny moments and streaming with friends and my, you know, what one friend who's also a streamer here, CRX mist you know, did this whole like, blogger takes on like the asylum moment, you know, mm. So like they went about the whole process being like, hi, welcome to my daily vlogs. Like and just like walking through the asylum. <laughs> so it was a lot of fun.
1: <laughs> I think some of the most fun I've had with that is just going through, uh, playing Scooby-Doo music in the background and pretending to be the gang.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Just wondering where Scooby went. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so yeah, I've had, a, I had a lot of fun. Those, mm-hmm. those three games are like what comes to mind right now for me for mm. sure.
1: Have you played any um, Among Us? I've been playing a lot of Among Us recently. I, I have.
2: Among Us is, it is a lot of fun. And it's it's a sort of interesting to sort of follow its meteoric rise from, you know, mm. you know existing for a, a year or two. prior. Ex- yeah, to I think it was of, out like, in 2018, exploding. towards the end of 2018,
1: apparently. So that's yeah. like insane that it just came out of nowhere. It and really shows you the power of streamers in absolutely. general. Absolutely,
2: absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it's it's so much fun, you know. Like, who doesn't love betraying friends every now and then? You know, in the in the safe confines of a video game where it's acceptable.
1: (laughs) It really does show you how your friends think, and it's very, it's great. It was, it was had a
0: similar kind of concept to a board game, a tabletop game, um, that was sort of mole slash. um, Mm.
1: There's a few of them like that mechanic that
0: I played. Yeah, it's it's not it's not anything completely original, but I. You're right. I, I, I like the Obviously, I played it on the analog in the sense with tabletop, but I, the mm-hmm. idea is sort of trying to sabotage things while trying to be part of the team. Um, I just, yeah, it, it's an amazing thing. I think more games like this uh, during mm-hmm. lockdown, great ways of sort of meeting up with people. And I think it yeah. really did cap- capture that moment. And I, I think you're right. Me. I think released in 2018, while people could still go into the outdoors um, and meet up with people in real life, um, Probably probably didn't need that right then. But exactly. I think now, now we're in a place yeah. where we're sort of stuck apart from people. I think the idea right. of coming together and accusing people of uh, being to, moles to or something. To be Sabakuri. fair,
1: like the biggest experiences this year are like co op experiences, oh, like pretty much playing doors. Like that's why Animal Crossing was so yeah. so big. Yep. Like that is
2: all that is among exactly. us. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. I yeah. I think Nintendo actually released the coronavirus. It was a massive. <laughs> A massive marketing ploy to uh, to sell Animal Crossing. It's very suspicious that Animal Crossing came out a week after the coronavirus lockdown started to hit in, didn't it? Oh,
1: interesting. So, and Japan is close to China. Yeah.
0: Let's take this conversation to parlor. No. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I did not expect that this was going to go so soon. In the, yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: um, let's get this back on topic. Uh, Mia, what have you been playing?
1: Oh, all sorts, all sorts. I've done uh, the Phasmophobia Among Us. I did Little Hope as well. But I've also been playing tons and tons of Genshin Impact. That game has pretty much like taken over my life at this point. Like, gotta get on there, do your dailies. First of all, Robin, you don't know anything about Genshin, do you?
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm <laughs> nodding my head in a kind of like, please don't come to me and try yeah. and talk to me about Genshin. Impact. I can see
1: just like the blank look on your face. Like, yeah, I know what you. T- what, what's the Genshin? What, That's possibly the wine. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's um basically have you played Breath of the Wild?
0: A little bit. A little bit. Okay. I so... played Valhalla. That's like Breath of the
2: Wild. <laughs> there you go.
1: Okay, well, so Genshin's a lot more like Breath of the Wild than it is uh, Assassin's Creed, let's just say that. Um, When it actually was being revealed, a lot of people were really angry for some reason, because they just thought it was a a rip-off of uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, which is super odd. It takes a lot of cues from it. There's an open-world exploration. It has the same kind of exploration system, mechanics, stamina system for climbing, that sort of stuff, gliding down from hills and stuff, but... Primarily, it's a game developed by MiHoYo, and it is a gacha, like, combat anime waifu brawler game. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, completely free to play, which is fantastic. So I just jumped into it on day one. I've been following nice. it for a while. Um, Shout out to my buddy DK Diamantes who had been like playing in all of the betas and I was just watching him being so uh, jealous of the fact that he got to jump into this this beautifully realized world. It's like so bright and colorful just like Breath of the Wild. But um essentially what it is is like you're a uh, a character called the traveler and you get to choose if you're um male presenting or female presenting and whoever you don't choose then becomes your other sibling and this god stops you from traveling between dimensions. It's going to get really a little bit out there I'm just going to say. <laughs> so you're a you're a, you're a being, you're an anime being that can travel through worlds, dimensions and then the god of this particular world that you stopped by essentially knocks you down, takes all your power, and then steals your sibling away. And then you just have to adventure through this world and uh do fighting stuff and unlock characters with money, unfortunately, because it's a it's a gacha game.
0: I I was just about to ask where the money came in, because um (laughs) free to play free to play games, you always bump into that uh so this is loop, on a loot box a, at some point don't you
1: a lot of different systems and the, yeah the gacha system is basically just a loot box system so you can get weapons and characters and stuff but you can and like free currency in the game so you can free to play it but it's incredibly predatory with its like pricing and its model because you're talking the best characters your five star characters yep. and there's like a 0.5 percent drop chance yeah. on those Wow. There is like a pity system, which is kind of good. So if you do like 90 pulls, you're guaranteed a five-star character. But you still have to do 90 pulls first, and that takes a lot of time to either farm out in the game or, you know, pay up money. And we're talking like one pull is the equivalent of uh, a couple of pounds or a couple of dollars, yep. which is, yeah. And that's just for wow. the chance of getting some crappy weapon. So, so, yep. if, you, yeah. so if
0: you pay $180, you, you can have a character. Or you oh, can have a- or you can have two Assassin's Creed Valhalla's or three and Hannibal Croft <laughs> <laughs> Well,
1: you get a lot of characters. Like, um, there are four-star characters. Every time you, you pull ten times, you're guaranteed a four-star character or weapon. So if you're on, like, these special event banners, which are, have higher rates for character certain character drops, you'll definitely get yourself characters. It's just that in order to get everything in the game, you would probably have to pour so much. And this guy actually poured, like, two grand, I think it was, yeah, two thousand dollars into trying to get a uh, a top constellation of a character called Klee. It's like this little chibi girl who throws bombs around and he quit the game afterwards saying that the uh, that it was predatory and that he'd wasted so much money on it. And you're like, you think <laughs> you think P- you, yeah possibly mm-hmm. could have realized that like
0: 1900 dollars
1: mm-hmm. ago. <laughs> we wanted like a, a top constellation which uh what that means is every time you get a copy of the character it makes your character more powerful with different abilities so but it's um it's a gacha game and people going into it for the first time considering it's on pretty much everything now it's been extremely popular they're not necessarily gonna be used to those systems going in but yeah it's just like any other loot box systems just like stay the heck away from that part of it if you have any kind of gambling problems or anything because it's yeah it'll, it'll get you it's it's getting me and i'm not even that bad with that kind of stuff yeah, that's why I don't play Overwatch anymore. Actually, that and the toxicity, but yeah, the just loot boxes in general, I can't stand them. Yeah, yep. Mm, yeah, but uh, I've been playing a lot of that, and that's that's mostly been everything. I'm having a lot of fun with it. Combat systems, amazing. It is. Like, yeah, yeah. You switch between characters to use like different elemental abilities, and all these different characters have different weapons and stuff. I've been using for those of you who actually played it, I've been using um a lot of Diluc even though I didn't really want him and uh Ningguang is is a really good character too. Uh-huh. Yeah, she she, uh, she can cast like geo magic and uh put up walls to stagger enemies and stuff, which is really really cool. Who have you been uh playing actually, Justin?
2: So, I don't know I, your setup. My current team right now is just the four stars that I have, and I've been mm-hmm. avoiding spending money on it up to uh, you know, at least up till Zhang Lee comes out. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, I have Klee, Chi Chi, um, Venti, and then I'm also mm-hmm. using Razor, I believe. Um, so, who's a four star? Um, mm-hmm. That's my team mm-hmm. currently.
1: He's pretty good. I've just started investing in. Badoo I don't know what her name is, but that particular character, uh-huh. she's pretty cool too, because she has a um like a counter breaker, which is really nice. Like you yeah. can just put up your shield and then instantly counter anything that comes at you. But yeah. It's been a lot of fun. I've been enjoying it, but definitely predatory. Yeah,
2: magic so, games. Yeah.
1: <laughs> mm, I will say I have been trying to play other games too, like uh Godfall.
0: <laughs> but you can't uh-huh. resist giving more money to this game. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah i keep the trying that, like, but i just want more characters i do i want more characters and i <laughs> like yeah but like i've I've been attempting to play like some some more up-to-date games uh some more like technically demanding games but i can't on my pc at the moment um they're just like i can't stream them and and play them at the same time even on the lowest settings like i know avengers was like badly optimized that didn't work godfall i've just tried to play and play you and just work.
0: avengers is bad Just stop yeah. there.
1: <laughs> much yeah yeah i i think the uh the tech issues actually saved me a little bit there but, mm. um, but that it's said, been... like they're being designed for like the new systems though so that makes more sense yeah
0: i mean it, it's but i think i think that's the next uh iteration isn't it as more sort of new games starting to come through with the newer consoles obviously then there's a mm. the challenge that starts to kick back in um somebody was trying to play Valhalla on 8K or something on one of my sort of Facebooks, and it's like my super high-end PCs just crashed, and it's like, yeah, because you're trying to play it on 8K.
1: Sorry, it well, depends but... like what they've got though. I'm not going to get into any technical. No, I'm not going into that because I, I... I'm terrible with. That. I'm I'm trying to build a new PC at the moment, and I'm like Please waiting shout for the new at me graphics comments, cards but I don't <laughs> to, to drop. Mm. But hopefully, when that's done, I'm going to have a, a really really cool, like nice looking PC. My like Justin's in the background. There which is clearly a very, very beautiful. Thing you see there. It's Sorry, audio listeners, lights. you can't necessarily see it. It's a box with lights. <laughs> well, aren't, aren't all aren't all gaming machines boxes with
2: lights? Boxes with lights. My community calls it my microwave, just sitting in the background. <laughs> <laughs> on
0: on that deeply philosophical point, um, that brings us on to our first topic, which is actually talking about next gen consoles. Um, this is a period of time that is kind of happens every sort of four, five, six years where the next generation of consoles cap comes out. We take a massive leap forward and then the PC Brigade have to go and rebuild all of their stuff. Um, but uh due to the unique way that PlayStation is shipping their consoles, uh, Justin, you are in possession of a PlayStation 5 I am. while I am awaiting my delivery of <laughs> PlayStation 5, which is coming on Thursday. Uh, because the U- uh, US got uh, a week ahead of the UK, which oh. is mildly annoying. Um, <laughs> but I also, in the meantime, have been in possession of the Xbox Series S, courtesy of Microsoft. Thank you, Mr. Gates. Um, so we're into this new generation. What's everyone's thoughts on on the next generation of consoles? For me, um, I, I, I'll talk about it in just a second, but I've got sort of feelings around uh, the need to have the super high-end stuff and i like the, my the review i wrote for game magazine talked about the xbox series s and i think it's a really really good entry point into the in, into the new world um that being said i <laughs> when it all boiled down to it I, I immediately pre-ordered the playstation 5 when it was first announced but what's everyone's thoughts on that
1: um i'm super i've been super underwhelmed like just like for the last several months when they announced all the games titles and and the graphics and things that were were coming out like it looked very very pretty but i was super under underwhelmed from like the first time i saw the playstation 5 games that were coming like there's it didn't it didn't really grab me unfortunately and it's like so many people like super super hyped about it but a lot of the titles that they had announced were coming out for ps4 anyway so mm. i didn't really see the need to upgrade and the xbox doesn't really interest me at all sorry microsoft because all your games are going to be on game pass anyway on pc yep. so why do i need to buy your console <laughs> for that it doesn't make any sense like I, I just don't see the need to upgrade right now plus you know you have uh all the the, the launch problems and, and oh, yeah. potential like being an early adopter is a uh a, a bit of a gamble like, I, so.
0: I promised myself and i swore on my mother's life that there was no way i was going to get the first issue of any new technology (laughs) um and there i was at midnight when the free orders opened (laughs) tapping away with my my boyfriend's credit card um (laughs) he'll find out he'll find out about it this week um (laughs) (laughs) but no i i I think yeah i I think (laughs) you're right i think that the interesting time this the interesting time the interesting thing this time around, Jesus, the interesting thing this time around is that we, we've we been living, obviously, through a global pandemic, which mm. has
1: mm.
0: stunted uh, game development. And I think that in doing so, you're getting a lot of new tech launching with very few yeah, launch day games. And I yeah. think that, like, and uh, you're, you're absolutely right, me, that, that the games that are launching, like Valhalla, um, they're launching across across generation. So, yeah. Those realistically titles. what are you going to get really um miles I morales think... spider-man that's something i'm really looking forward to mm-hmm. but it's really just half of a game it's not a brand new game it's right. just using the existing architecture that's already there and putting some new characters in and weirdly changing the spider-man to look like tom holland but it's not tom holland but it is um <laughs> i quite needed to do that but um but yeah i i i think it's i think they are the, the the impact you're seeing in the pandemic is actually they managed to deliver technology, but they haven't delivered the games to go with the technology.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, from a business perspective, cross-generational titles makes sense, you know, because there's still like a massive install base considering COVID, considering like the economies being completely wrecked and people not being able to afford to upgrade. It is a safe bet to put a lot of these games on the older systems. Um, I think if they had made them exclusive, that would have been cool. That would have been great for the uh, possibly the new sales, the sales of the new systems, but some people are going to be left out regardless. So I actually kind of like that they they put them on the older systems too. But at the same time, it just removes that need to upgrade. Like, although that said, I'm I'm actually feeling major FOMO, I will <laughs> say. Because on my Twitter timeline, I'm seeing everybody with their Xboxes, I'm seeing everybody that got like uh mark stuff sending them all, all these influencers with their xboxes and i'm over here sorry like sorry
0: about it <laughs>
1: <laughs> nobody sent me an xbox so no, yeah, but it, it, it shows
0: that. you where gaming is on the sort of grand scale of things that so we got sent an yeah. s not an x not, yeah. an, not an x we,
1: we, we only got given the <laughs> we only got given the junior box <laughs> oh. i mean it, they've been doing fantastically though, Microsoft, like even to like elicit that FOMO in me and the fact that I don't really care about the new consoles all that much to see this many people being like, yeah, thanks Microsoft for my new Xbox and being like, wow, okay, that's really cool of them to do that for you. That's awesome. Maybe I should get an Xbox. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how it works. So yeah, that's really good in terms of like the marketing sense. So uh, which uh, which games did you end up picking up?
2: Florence so for me uh, right now the only game I have currently on any of the new consoles I do have a the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox X um, but I'm only playing on the Xbox X right now and that's uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla and I sort of I sort of can echo what you've all said before I I I think there's a lot of hype around the new consoles right now and I think some of that's driven by we're all home so everybody wants the new console. There's also the, you know, the competing thing about the ec- the economy and maybe people's inability to get it as well. But I don't think upgrading yet is necessary. Uh, you know, I, I think that generally speaking, if you have just like, you know, your older generation Xbox, your PlayStation 4, especially if it's a pro, you know, you're more than fine for the next couple of months. Uh, you know, what I'm really looking forward to is Final Fantasy 16 which yes, yeah, will be until like twenty twenty one, maybe even mm-hmm. like early twenty twenty two. But <laughs> that's what I'm it's, excited for. Yeah, I but think like, it's going to be now. Fine, you you don't need to upgrade just yet. Although I will say that the PlayStation 5's controller is absolutely amazing. Like it'll be cool. Heard it's integrate into how the controller works because it's I'm genuinely that genuinely excited about. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I I saw a video
0: because obviously, being the UK, we're not allowed these things. But I, I saw a video of it in use. <laughs> and someone was firing a machine gun and the, with the trigger as actually vibrating as the sort of shots are being yep. fired and stuff i mm-hmm. think that's that's doesn't that's it have like lovely. resistance
1: or something like built in i can't remember right. what it's called like it's not haptic apparently feedback, the other thing is called, yeah
0: so. it's it's the other one but haptic yeah. feedback is, the controller does have haptic feedback mm. and apparently it makes you it feels like you're walking through mud or something you or it, not just that not just walking <laughs> that's really shit concert. That's really, <laughs> really <laughs> shit controller um, Every game just feels <laughs> like you're walking through mud. Yeah, that's <laughs> not ideal. Yeah. Um, most Assassin's Creed's. No, um, the apparently it, it, it's a way of feeling like you could be walking through mud or you could be wading mm-hmm. in water. Right. I don't know quite how that works, but um you so just no, throw I, the
1: controller in the tub. <laughs>
0: that's how that works. <laughs> you know, water just starts <laughs> pouring out the controller. Um i'm curious why are you only playing on the xbox at the moment is it because you're still trying to remodel the lounge to get the playstation 5 in did mostly that do you have to, you to, have to the take the and... window out to get it brought in <laughs> through the window or
2: <laughs> i'm like so the type of technology person i am is like i plug it in i say a little prayer that i did it all right like i'm not very <laughs> technologically advanced so you know, I'm I'm waiting to hook the PlayStation Five up into the system, and I have the Xbox running. I'm like, for right now, we have Assassin's <laughs> Creed: we're, we're gonna just go with this for right now. <laughs> we're here. We're
0: fine. I was setting up the I was I was setting up my uh, my S my junior level S, um, which is tiny, by the way. I don't know if anyone saw some of the comparison photos that have been out there. I've it's not. Li- it's about an inch on every side bigger than a Switch. Oh wow! Really? That's yeah, literally. Hurts, man. It's tiny, a little bit deeper than the old Xbox, but by maybe half an inch. Anyway, um, I was setting that up, and the whole thing that Xbox was sort of like lording in all their press releases and whatever else was this quick setup. You download the new app, you set it up all via the app, you link it to your system, and then the the, the box itself generates a Wi-Fi, a temporary Wi-Fi that your phone connects to, then your phone does the Mm -hmm. setup through an app. Anyway, it didn't work, unsurprisingly, um, because it's far too complicated. Just let me turn the box (laughs) on. I will enter the password. I'll enter all the things like I normally have to, and it will work perfectly fine. But no, we have to sit there and go through this whole app bullshit. And in the end, it just like, oh, we would have to do it manually. It's like, I could have done that half an hour ago, but never mind. Thank (laughs) Thank you for taking my time up
1: is that a diskless system as well or is that does it have disk
0: yes which is mm-hmm. where the only real major flaw of the s comes in which mm-hmm. is you have about 600 gigabytes of usable storage yeah um, however what's good is that on my old xbox you were downloading games that were big files you're like 80 or 90 gigabytes whereas Somehow with the S, it knows it's downloading to an S, so it actually downloads a different version of the game that, that runs specifically for the S. So the, the sizes of games that I've been downloading are like 40 gigabytes. So mm-hmm. actually 600, depending how messy you are with your games collection, 600 lasts you a little bit longer than you think it's going to last you mm-hmm. the problem is they of course that they're, they're ready to sell you this expandable memory card that plugs in the back of it but that's 220 odd dollars that's literally the price i could just buy another xbox series s <laughs> and hook it up sort of thing and have two Mm. Um, and they try to sell it as this really positive thing, that you can take it out and take your games with you. <laughs> like, just put a fucking disc drive in it. <laughs> That'll <laughs> save all that drama. But the, the the problem also rolls into the X and also over to the PS5 as well, because the terabyte hard drive, um, is only about 800 gigabytes worth of usable hard drive. Yeah, and and mm. again, both of them they'll sell you some external storage, and it's like just put. It's not rocket science nowadays. Put two terabytes in. Treat us. Be a devil. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's that's that's slightly disappointing.
1: The nice thing about the PS5, from what I've heard, it does have an NVMe uh, storage capacity slot in it. So if you take off the side, there's like mm-hmm. the same memory that you can put onto motherboards now. that You can pop inside, but it's not active yet. Apparently, that's coming in a future update. Yeah, which seems a l- which is nice that they're future proofing, but it seems a little redundant at this point. Kind of feels like what they did with the uh, PlayStation 3, the original one, where they mm-hmm. had. Like every single thing crammed inside that model. Like it just it'll just drive up the price for something that a lot of people probably won't use. Right. It's well, the,
0: the external storage for the S and the X, um, it it specifically matches the architecture that Xbox uses. So the good thing about mm. the Xbox, and I'm I'm curious whether Justin, you've sort of seen this in in action, is their quick resume feature. Oh, like yeah. literally, if I'm sitting down on my sofa, I press the power button. And within five seconds, right. yeah, I'm sort of knee deep in people to go and raid. That sounds yep. weird.
1: Um, <laughs> Sound of wine again? It
0: <laughs> depends. Shush, it depends what game you're playing, I suppose. Um, uh, what was I saying? For about raiding people, oh yeah, the the um, so the hard drive that you plug into it is the same architecture. So it means you can it, it can do all that sort of speed stuff straight off that hard drive. But if you plug, you can plug a USB hard drive into it. Um, but because it doesn't match the architecture, you can only load games from it, or you can only play back-compatible games from it. You can't load real games, I don't know, whatever. It's all very mm. sort of slightly underhand and proprietary. Um, yeah, they, It feels like they've kind of bat you into a corner with that one. Um, but no, I, overall, though, I think the S, personally, is a great sort of budget option, like $250, £250, because of course it's the same. Mm. Um, it's It's, if you don't have a 4k tv why bother buying a 4k system yeah because really you're not going to see it and as someone who necessarily me personally i'm more of a god i'm I'm gonna announce this out loud i'm more of a casual gamer in a sense like i just want to actually play the experience of the game i want to live the story i want to go off raiding people um and (laughs) it, for me, it's more about the actual the, the mechanics, the story, that sort of stuff. I don't mm. need it to be like, oh, I can see a reflection of someone's penis or something in the water. Or whatever. <laughs> and it's mm-hmm. that feels like a that's that I don't need to spend that much money. He says getting a PlayStation Five. In my defense, that's actually a shared present for Christmas. Um, but if you were just as a budget-minded kind of point of entry into the new world of next generations consoles, um, I think this S is perfect. And of course, with the S, you also, with the Microsoft world, as as you said, Mia, the the real benefit of Microsoft is you get all the Game Pass stuff, which means you can play games across uh, mobile, tablet, uh, PC, Xbox, actual physical Xbox. So The the world of Xbox uh, has grown more than just the one console that you're playing on. And it's interesting that Phil Spencer, uh, the CEO of Xbox, has actually said that in the long run, he expects the S to outsell the X. Um, mm-hmm. Purely because people will be buying it, people perhaps might have bought a PS5, but sort of thought, oh wait, they they got a new Destiny or a new Halo or something coming out. Um, so I I want to dip my toe in the Xbox world, but I don't necessarily want to spend five hundred quid doing it. So mm-hmm. I'll I'll play. I'll I'll just get the little the little S.
1: Yeah. So would you completely justify that purchase for for an S then? Totally, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, would you say it's a hot commodity? <laughs> uh, is, it, I, is I, it smoking i i yeah
0: well that, well that 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 does lead you onto onto a lovely sort of talking point doesn't it about smoking mm. xboxes um which is fake and i don't know how that we is have fake, to, yeah very yeah. Fake, yeah and mm. all the videos out there are people blowing vape smoke through xboxes i don't know how you think that's a good thing but you please not stop blowing that. water vapor through an electrical component because yeah. that will break that. it the Aren't irony worth... of you trolling people, but
1: going, yeah. "Oh look, it's broken." No, actually, it really will break. <laughs> mm. I can't believe that tweet that they put out. We size we can't believe we have to say this, but please yes. don't blow. I know, vape <laughs> smoke into your Xbox. That's it's, <laughs> it's insane. Obviously, there there are apparently. I've heard now how true this is. There are apparently uh, a couple that have like lit on fire and stuff, but that's just launch problems in general. There is going to be like a failure rate yeah. with every single launch, and that's part of the the gamble that you take being an early adopter. Some of your stuff's going to arrive and it's just not going to work, or it's going to explode. That's the same with every component, <laughs> kind of. I, I think it's. I think you're right, absolutely.
0: And, and, and I think as well, I don't think it's. I think it's an early adoption issue, but I think as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many people? buying an old xbox that's sort of a, a, or at least a new xbox but a newer one of the old xboxes you still could get a dud unit that's mm-hmm. just that's yep. that's the world yeah,
1: you just send it back and get a new one but you know there's no new launch so nobody has to talk about it on social media all at the same time so
0: correct i think that's, I mean, that's, remember that's, what? that's the bigger issue
1: Remember what happened with the Switch launch? I don't know if you ever saw the compilation videos of like just the the Switches just screaming at people and the screens yeah. not turning on and stuff. That was like a whole thing, and, and that turned out to be fine. It's just it's just what happens with these launches. Like, it's absolutely fine. And again, that's the uh, the risk that you take when you when you get in but yeah disc drive failures i think is another one that's not been doing well for uh xboxes that's an actual issue that i've seen like sometimes the disc drive doesn't work which i guess you wouldn't necessarily know about if you've got the s um also playstation 5 has been having some issues have you set yours up yet Your I, PS5? Have
2: set it up. I have set it up okay. and i booted it up and mm. make sure it was working yeah. yeah
1: so apparently with the ps5 there is uh some issues with the ethernet port or something you shouldn't oh, transfer across your playstation 4 data in the initial setup because it can brick the system potentially possibly i don't know, I don't know. like do some research on that because like i'm not sure how how clarified that is but an article that i read which i should have kept the link to uh did say that if you're just going to load it up don't use the ethernet to send it across. wait until you've actually gotten to the system that's good to
2: know i have not done that yet so i will not do it
0: (laughs) well never let it be said that game magazine doesn't provide consumer hot consumer (laughs) advice Mm -hmm. that is we can we can just call it a night now to be honest with you that's (laughs) that's that's our that's our top tip for the evening Mm. anyway um Moving on. So, Mia, you wanted to talk real quick about Twitch. I, I did.
1: Twitch. I did. I was going to segue by talking about Spider-Man into Twitch, but yeah, because... Uh... <laughs> Go
0: back. Talk about Spider-Man. Come back to this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, that's okay, because basically what it is is uh, that Twitch, Twitch has been having some uh, some, some DMCA issues. And uh, the reason I mentioned Spider-Man is because apparently there are either some songs in Spider-Man yeah. or the actual web shooters themselves that are triggering DMCA copyright claims, which is kind of crazy. But this is a whole issue that's been going since, I think, back in July. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't really an issue for a long time. And then all of a sudden, uh, Twitch just started getting thousands of uh, DMCA takedown claims and they've been passed on to the uh, user base of Twitch. And at the time, it was a little bit nightmarish because they didn't really give any real information on what was going on. They basically just sent emails out to creators saying, hey, you have to delete these uh, these old clips and these VODs because uh, your your content, well, your channel will be shut down if you don't. So uh, everybody started panicking. Uh, I deleted all my clips at the time. I don't know if have you deleted all
2: of your clips did. Yep. And, everything, yeah they wiped everything out you know yeah. i was just really scared yeah <laughs>
1: which is super sad because like a lot of us have like well some people had like thousands of thousands of clips and part of the problem was at the time they had no tools to, and they still kind of have no tools to deal with that situation for instance this uh, i think one of the the main tweets was this 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 streamer i can't remember her name but uh, she was saying that she literally had so many clips that she couldn't scroll down the list. It wouldn't it wouldn't load half of her clips for her to be able to delete them. So she had no idea what to do. And Twitch actually didn't tell you what the offending clips were. They yeah. just said, there's content on your channel that needs to be deleted. Have fun. Uh, well, they didn't <laughs> say have fun, but yeah. And then they, um, I think later on, they put in a delete all clips tool. Yep. But other than that, there's there's been nothing. Um, up until recently, when more copyright claims have been going out uh, for, again, old clips for the weirdest stuff, too. I think in Phasmophobia, somebody whispering into their own mic yep. actually triggered a, um, a DMCA claim for like a random yoga instructional video yep. or something like, like
2: that. Yeah, yeah meditation, happens. which yeah. is
1: insane. And I kind of feel for Twitch. I really do. Because like... It's something that they hadn't really been dealing with until a few months ago. Like yeah. having I think they said it was something like it had like 50 every couple of months or so. And then it just turns into thousands of DMCA takedowns. Cause clearly the uh music industry have caught on that there is there's there's some revenue to be gained over at Twitch. So they, they want a piece of the pie. So But this yeah. is my big thing. So obviously,
0: if nobody's noticed, there is a global pandemic happening. Mm-hmm. And the really I didn't realise. Yeah. No, 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 it's no. really... It's Is that really, where everybody went? Okay. Really subtle. You've got, you've got to look really hard. and You find that little clue there. Um, obviously, it's sort of like we all know some fantastic drag artists that make fantastic livings in bars around the world. And they've all had to look for a home and they found Twitch and obviously mm-hmm. led from the front by the amazing Bitch Pudding and loads of other people that have done fantastic work throughout the whole summer, keeping us all sane with their amazing sort of digital drag shows. The, I was shocked that nobody in Twitch or anywhere else actually just sat down and thought about it and thought, hold on a second, we could be making an absolute killing here by if we can just sit people down and go, right, how do we get through this? How can we make sure that, and like I said, don't give it away for free. I know artists do fantastic work. They create those original songs. But in the same way that bars uh, around the world pay their money to play all this music, why can't. Mm creators who want to use copywritten content why can't they have some sort of mechanism that they go okay i will pay 20 30 a month uh mm-hmm. to enable me to use these songs mm-hmm. um and then it's it's win-win to everybody um I do, but I, and i just think that twitch coming along sort of obviously i, I really feel for them i, I do because it it's you can't be on the end of 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 going against copyright. That you have to sort of go back to the original artist and say that they they did produce this song. You can't just go around ripping it off left, right, and center. But it feels like a, a very big missed opportunity mm. um, for them not to sort of figure out a super creative way that mm. means that people can still keep doing fantastically creative stuff and people get the the, the rights and and the, the the payments they're owed. Yeah.
1: See, the thing is, like, Twitch has put out a statement on everything recently in a, in a blog post. And I think it was on the 11th. I made notes about this just so I knew, by the way. Uh, I went through the whole thing just to, to double check. And uh, what they did is they did apologize for like the confusion that they initially caused, I think, back in, like, June or July when yep. the first round of this happened. Um and they, they have said that they're working on tools to solve it. They also did say, speaking of what you're saying, they were in talks with like record labels to try mm. and set up some kind of deal, but they also said um, that they don't believe that the current deals that those labels have with other platforms would work for Twitch. In fact, they I'm gonna quote them exactly here. They said, the vast majority of our creators don't have recorded music as part of their streams, and the revenue implications to creators of such a deal are substantial. So I, I could see how they wouldn't want to go for like a, a flat across the board deal with that. But still, having something like a program that you can necessarily opt into for yeah. like either a percentage okay. or like some kind of like a flat fee every month would probably be a, like a much better idea. But it really depends uh, how Twitch wants to go about it. They they have the power in this situation to to create that. And the fact that it's not here yet is somewhat worrying I know that they're really concentrating on um, their substitute for for TwitchCon at the moment, like GlitchCon and stuff. I'm guessing, but it, I guess their priorities are in a different place right this second. And I know there is a, more information coming, but I would personally just like more information. As a streamer myself, and I'm sure it's the same for you, Justin.
2: Yeah. Like
1: The more information that we can get, the better, because it's like the the public image of Twitch has taken a bit of a hit recently, which can't be fun for anybody. I know that a lot of the um, the staff, some of the staff yeah. over there, just feel heartbroken about the the situation as well. So it's got to be sorted out. But so again, I do feel for them. I just feel like they've been around for a decade. They they should have seen this coming eventually. And yeah. I think what's triggered it this year is that it's exactly what you said, it's COVID. So much stuff has been moving online now. So many people have been using like Twitch as an alternate avenue. Like a guy who couldn't do a pub quiz, he started streaming out his pub quiz uh, to people. And now it's this massive thing. He had like Stephen Fry on there too, uh, doing doing questions and guest spots and stuff. It was mm-hmm. like, like the the power of like, streaming platforms now has really like come up during the pandemic and obviously those record companies have have taken notice of that so something needs to happen pretty much um because right now the uncertainty is is a killer because we have no idea if we're gonna get copyright claimed for just some random sound effects in a video game
0: I think that's the nub of it, isn't it? I mean, I'm just looking at the chat and the fantastic bad Andy Wrights, who is a, 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 one of the Rainbow Arcade, actually, isn't he, Justin?
2: Yeah, he is, yes. Yeah. Um,
0: made a very fair point, which is something that I wanted to sort of come to, which is I can sort of live with people uh, getting strikes if they're playing Britney or something deliberately. Yeah. Because that mm-hmm. is, that's copy- that's copyright. I yeah. think the problem is, is that when it's incidental music or when it's um, – when it's incidental music or even as is it Justin, you were saying like that somebody did a blender and it sounds like Taylor Swift or something.
2: It could have, that, that could have be, that one could be fake, but mm. you know, a, a lot of the, a lot of the issue is that, you know, people could be, you know, IRL streamers could just be walking past a shop and, a, you know, music plays for even five seconds. Yeah. and it picks that mm. up Or you're playing in game music in a game like GTA five, where you you're driving in the car and you, it may play just for a second and it yep. could flag you. And I think, a lot of streamers are worried about, you know, a platform that's built around gaming. It's no longer just that, obviously, but it was built around, you know, individuals gaming and sharing those moments with their communities. And I think there's a lot of fear uh, with regard to that. And sort of just to to chime in as well, my my hope is too, you know, I, my background's in public policy here in the U.S. And I my hope is that streaming services like YouTube, Facebook twitch etc and especially as they integrate in with the gaming industry as well start having conversations about what we can do about dmca Mm. law as well Mm. because the laws are extremely archaic and as you know i you know having worked in public policy and trying to get policy through in the u.s it's a huge there's so many barriers and my hope is that collectively streaming services start coming together you know twitch you know, I'm excited for them to hopefully give us more information. But I would also love to see Twitch work with other streaming platforms mm-hmm. as well to start maybe moving that needle as well to be like, how do we engage with public policymakers to end the music industry as well to update how DMCA works so we're not working in a system that was built in the late 90s. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Something has
1: definitely got to change because I think yeah. even under current copyright law, technically, just even streaming video games exactly. breaks it. Yeah, and absolutely. It's the fact that the developers don't actually take action, which is yeah. just allows it to go on. I mean, in that situation, they get more out of it in terms of like the free marketing exactly. that they get from so many again, like you're saying before, Among Us, like that would not have sold the way it did if not for for streaming and having it showcased in that way. It came out in 2018. So yeah. But again the the copyright laws out of date something has to be done but twitch needs to well they do not need to but it would really be really nice if twitch could help take that stance in order to get certain policies changed um yeah. it's only gonna happen if if the big streaming companies will get out there and actually do something maybe they could band together but will that ever happen it's Yeah. it's unfortunate
0: uh cool so let's move on to our interview segment with the wonderful justin um <laughs> we're going to ask lots of probing questions yeah, maybe in deep sort of uh, <laughs> questions um when did you first get into streaming how did it all start for you
2: yeah so my my partner and i had been on social media for a really long time um and uh, even longer than that, I had been gaming. I actually started uh, playing video games very consistently after Final Fantasy IX. Uh, it was like my first video game. I remember playing it on the PS1 and really enjoying it. And I think there was just like this moment where I had been watching Twitch streamers for a long time. I also play Final Fantasy XIV online, and I oh, would yeah. watch a lot of FF14 streamers. And I was just like, Let, "Let's give this a try." I, you know, I I love chatting with people. I I love playing video games. So let's. Let's just dive in. So back in 2017, actually, so it's been almost a little over three years. I'm actually, this week, I'm celebrating my three-year stream anniversary, actually. Oh, uh, oh yay. Streaming. Congratulations. Yeah. So I've been <laughs> streaming for about three years, and it's just been a, a really wonderful experience for me.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, well, so that's that's pretty much uh, what got you into uh, streaming. But I know that you are also uh, co-created Rainbow Arcade, as yeah. well like uh, how did that get started tell us more about that in general
2: yeah so when i first and, and i think this goes it sort of speaks to like how things have changed not saying that that more work needs to be done with regard mm-hmm. to visibility with with you know uh, a di- more diverse and inclusive you know highlight of streamers but when i started in in 2017 the first thing i did i was like i want to find lgbtqi plus streamers and you know i want to see you know Who's created like safe communities for everyone, and and mm-hmm. what they're doing, et cetera. And one of the things, like I quickly learned about, like Twitch teams. So I started looking for teams that were uh, very broadly LGBTQIA+. And at the time, back in 2017, when I looked, there was one broad LGBTQIA+ team, but it looked like it had sort of, um, like, it wasn't really being utilized, or or you know, it, it had sort of died out a little bit. Uh, so when I started, I was like, if I ever get partners someday, I would like to just create a team that's that's LGBTQI plus creators uh, and, and bring it all together. Um, and I have a really great friend, uh, JJ, uh, who who co-founded the team with me. So the whole impetus was sort of, you know, seeing a space where we wanted... There's, there's so many amazing Twitch teams that are LGBTQI plus inclusive. And there's so many teams as well that... That cater to a very specific community, uh, you know, within streaming, like transmission gaming or, um, you know, stream queens, etc. They do amazing, amazing work, and I wanted to have like a, a more overarching one that included, you know, the the acronym in its entirety, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really sort of the impetus, and then I I got partnered uh, about a year and a half ago now, and that was like one of the first things that 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 I did was actually create the Rainbow Arcade Stream Team with JJ. And then we had our official launch, even though the team had sort of existed for uh, a little while longer. We had our official launch back in January of this year, which now feels like it's like four years ago after, you know, how 2020 is going. But, <laughs> but back in January, we had our, our, our full official launch. Oh,
0: um, what I absolutely adore about the Rainbow Arcade is what you just said about the fact it caters and very much reflects every letter in the acronym. Um, and what I love as well is that it's a geographical spread as well, isn't it? It's worldwide. Yes. Um, how do you know off the top of your head how many countries you're in now?
2: Or I have off the top of my head, no. Take a guess. We have like Australia, Germany, the UK, Ireland, Sweden, um, South Africa, Japan, South Korea. Like there's this, there's people all over. So, you know, the, the geographic part too is really nice because, you know, I think a lot of times when we're talking about, being LGBTQIA plus streamers, like viewers want to know that they're safe in a space. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if, if we were just catering to like the US, for example, there's people across the globe who may not find that. And there are, uh, you know, countless LGBTQIA plus streamers, not even just on Rainbow Arcade. Um, mm. So we wanted to reflect that in the team as well, that, you know, being an LGBTQIA plus streamer doesn't mean you're just like in a big city in the United States. You could yeah. be anywhere.
0: And that's what I love as well, I think, is the fact that not only do you benefit from the fact that everybody streaming in their different time zones means that it's it's unlikely to, that you'd find the Rainbow Arcade completely silent. Right. Um, but I think as well, I, what I adore about um, the concept of, of Twitch communities is that they're not just about gameplay. That's, that's we, we seem to, have, particularly in the queer world, we seem to have moved that forward into people actually forming communities around uh, streamers like both of you. Um, and I think that it not only gives people a great way of just chilling and and chatting and and watching some gameplay, but I think it reaches out to people, as you say, across those geographic boundaries in countries in places where uh, being queer is not a good thing; it's an illegal thing, or they're mm-hmm. at risk, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think it, what this really gives people is that sense of belonging in a time or a place that they don't necessarily have that. So. Mm-hmm. I just want to give sort of like massive props to that.
1: Um, yeah, I, I do think it's uh, it's it's pretty much made uh, LGBT streamers, uh, queer plus streamers in general, a lot more visible as mm-hmm. well. But because before the uh, before I saw the team popping up on my timeline, sure, you had your individual queer streamers. But in terms of like the space within like Twitch itself, um, I wouldn't say the voices were were more hampered, but there wasn't necessarily that avenue of, of 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 that platform that is the rainbow arcade now and it's so nice to right. see that people coming together around this this one common team how many uh, how many members do you do you have now
2: we currently have 88 members yeah, 88 of the yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah and that, that you added people recently we did you? we added
2: yeah. 34 new members um, yeah, um new members to the team and, and we have uh, quite a uh I wouldn't say super rigorous, but because like we're we're balancing, you know, we we don't want to be like a huge team, right? Because like mm-hmm. we get into like the part of like, is everybody being heard? Do they just feel like a number on a team? Is it being mismanaged, et cetera? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we also are trying to find streamers who feel comfortable, you know, speaking candidly about their experiences as LGBTQIA plus streamers, regardless if that's just in the live streaming space or if, you know, if they're willing to share, you know, their personal life as well. Um, but also, you know, uh, you know, holding a, a candle to the gaming industry or the tech industry and being able to talk about those things as well. So we have so mm-hmm. many people on the team who represent a lot of different industries, whether it's journalism or nonprofits or, or working for Twitch or, you know, being in the gaming industry, etc. Uh, and I think we we're really trying to make sure that like we don't become huge while also balancing out the fact yeah. that we to have a diverse group of people. So that if you come yeah. to Rainbow Arcade, you can find someone who you want to watch and whose community you want to be a part of.
1: It definitely seems that, like it's, sorry, you go ahead. No,
0: no, sorry. I was yeah. just going to sort of echo a lot of that in the sense that what I adore is that you yeah, actually you anybody can come to it and they can find someone that looks like them. Mm-hmm. and i think mm-hmm. that's, that's a really strong thing um i just shared into the chat actually the the article that we did for gaming that welcomed all of those new 44 people that did some fantastic stuff there's also a video at the start of that that you guys <laughs> produced that was welcoming yeah. people where i mean talk us through that really quickly the sort of yeah, mechanics so, of that because it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a tearjerker. it really is
2: yeah so what we did is we we know our our application process is pretty rigorous. We we have like three rounds basically where like we start like looking through and reviewing the applications Then the whole team actually gets a say in who comes on the team because we don't want to have a hierarchy because you know my experience as like a gay cisgendered white man is very different from like a, a BIPOC creator you know a, a BIPOC creator on on Twitch etc. So we wanted to make sure that All the team's voices were heard. So the process takes a really long time. uh, And, you know, we're trying to all coordinate together to get everything in. And we decided, you know, with bringing on 44 new members and sort of having this goal to make sure that people feel like they're being heard and and welcome to the team and that they're becoming part of this family, we decided rather than just sending them an email saying like, congratulations, you're on the team. We were like, why don't we like use Discord to coordinate like team raids where we get a whole bunch of current members from the team to go lurk in a new, like somebody who's going to become on the team, uh, lurk in their chat. And then once Rainbow Arcade, our, our channel account follows, everybody can say like, welcome to the Rainbow Arcade mm-hmm. and spam Rainbow emotes. Uh, so we did that with most all of the new members. Um, and we we made sure to like clip the moment where they yeah. f- found out what's going on. And it, I I know I could speak for everybody on the team. And it was like, especially with how 2020 has been. It was a nice little boost of like serotonin to be able to do that. And, you know, some people laughed. We had a few people cry. Uh, You know, one of the new members, uh, Winnie, uh, W-X-N-N-I-E underscore, uh, cried and, and talked about, you know, how much Rainbow Arcade did for them. Uh, and how they just hope that they can do that for someone else then, too. And I remember watching that and crying myself because, I, like that's the goal. Yeah. <laughs> you know um, like uh, you know I, we I watched the a video it. and I lost it at that point. yeah,
0: um that was my sort of that was the that was the moment of sort of I lost the British stiff upper lip. Um, <laughs> that that was my kind of. Oh, all right, I've got it. Um, no. no, that was yeah. That whole thing is mm. precious. Go go and check out the article. Not right now. Watch the end of this first thing, <laughs> <you>. <laughs> um, and then uh, then watch the video. And yeah, it, it's it's amazing. Um, you mentioned there about uh, the, the, I was actually just about to use that segue uh, of somebody saying uh, one of the people that was sort of saying like you've done so much for me, and I hope now I can do so much for everybody for somebody else. Um, one of the things that you do as a team. Uh, Is a lot of fundraising. Yes, and I know you've you've just come off the back of raising uh, money for Trans Lifeline. Yes, um, and it was one hell of a chunk of money for yeah. Trans Lifeline as well, wasn't it?
2: It was. Yeah. So uh, during the month of October, Trans Lifeline, uh, a nonprofit organization here in the United States that provides um, a, a hotline for trans individuals to call. They also provide micro grants for trans individuals to get their mm-hmm. you know, name change, ID change, etc. Um. So they had their Trans Heart October fundraiser this year, and we raised money as a team all month long. And I think the final count was over sixty-five thousand U.S. dollars raised for Trans That's Lifeline. So good. Yeah, um, okay. it, it was really amazing. We actually just got off a call. Like Trans Lifeline got on a call where all the team members could come on, and they actually explained to us, you know, you know what uh, what this funds. They were saying, you know, even in, in, I I don't want to mess the numbers up, but what we raised as a team was like two or 3% of their operating budget for the next year. Um, And it was just really, really emotional and powerful for all of us. Um, And, you know, especially for trans members of our team as well, who, you know, we, Twitch got involved, they were able to be on the front page and then Twitch donated $5,000 as well. Um, And it was just an, an absolutely wonderful experience. And And, you know, I I think it gets back into we talk often about like, the the impact that streaming has on the game industry. But, you know, streaming is doing so much good now. You know, I think about all of the different fundraisers that different teams and different organizations have on on Twitch or other live streaming platforms and how much money has been raised. And I think uh, at this point, we've like I said, we've only we've had three fundraisers so far in our year of existence. And I think we've raised, uh, we're getting close to raising about 150000 US dollars right. total this year for different organizations.
1: Mm-hmm. Actually, um, that's a, a good question. Which kind of organizations have you worked with so far?
2: Yeah, so we've, we've done three so far. Uh, the first one was uh, WWF Australia. Uh, that was oh. when the wildfires were going mm-hmm. on. That was mm-hmm. our first fundraiser. Uh, then we did a fundraiser for pride month for the Trevor Project. Uh, yeah. I think we raised about 55, maybe a little bit more, 55,000 US dollars. And then Trans Lifeline was our most mm-hmm. recent one and that was 65ish, uh, $65,000 raised. It
1: keeps going up. It keeps yeah. going up. It's going <laughs> to yeah. be yeah. Are there uh, are there any other uh particular Uh, charities that you'd love to work with in the future or sorry, I I forgot the word for charity then. I don't know why.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Are there any particular
1: like fundraising plans that you do have or anything that you'd like to do in the future? Not necessarily specific charities or.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we've talked a lot about it as a team. I I think we're, we're going to try as we, as we keep moving to get a little more granular. There's a lot of really amazing smaller nonprofits. So, you know, the Trevor project definitely benefits from their relationship with Twitch because Mm. for the past few years, the Trevor Project and Twitch have actually, you know, worked together on fundraising. So I think in the future, what we'd really like to do is is focus on uh, sort of smaller nonprofits, like for example, um, the Black Trans Advocacy Network and things like mm-hmm. that. Um, you know, getting a little bit more granular and maybe you know honing in on some some charities and organizations that maybe don't get the same airtime. You know, Trevor Project mm-hmm. is something that people jump to right away because it's it has such like a presence, uh, at least here in in North America. So um, people really jump on that and they do amazing work. I'm not trying to like say that they don't by any means, but we would definitely like to highlight some smaller organizations and and show them some love as well. I think it's really important. I mean,
0: th- there are a lot of charities out there that that we can all sort of sit here and talk about, like even in the UK, Stonewall Mermaids. Mm-hmm. they They do good, great work. They do fantastic work, but they get sackfuls of cash. Exactly. Because they're the go-to charity when an organization has either fuck something up (laughs) um sherry pie drag race um (laughs) or or um or 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 more importantly they just want to do good and we can't ever fault somebody from for for wanting to do good but they just see that as kind of like oh, we need to donate to a a queer charity so it's either going to be stonewall mermaids Trevor project Mm -hmm. those are kind of your top three ones that really people go to whereas I feel like it's important to, to work with charities that you know the money. It's not going to f- sort of fritter off into in, into sort of a, a massive bank account somewhere, right. um, but actually go into someone's hands. Um, Gaming Magazine is, is one of the magazines that we run. We also run Bear World Magazine, hence that. Um, <laughs> and uh, over the summer, we did a couple of digital bear weekends um, and we gave money from that to uh, For the Girls, which is a trans... Uh, charity in the US, but that's very much—it's—it's it's not so much a charity as it's more of a fund, in the sense that you put money in and people can apply to it immediately to sort of take money back out of it to help right. them with, mm-hmm. with anything that's going wrong with them and they need the support with. Uh, and the I'm colors, like
1: hormones and medical costs. And all yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, particularly yeah. during the pandemic, even mm-hmm. even such even simple things like transport to get them. Like mm-hmm. they, yeah. don't, they, they don't they don't they don't want to go public transit because of the coronavirus. They, but they Can dip into this fund and, and cover a Lyft or an Uber or something that ought to take them to an appointment. Mm. Um, and then there was a Colors Youth Network as well, just two little quick shout outs here in the UK, uh, that was doing specific work, uh, with queer people of color here in the UK as well, particularly queer youth of, of color as well. And, and I think, yeah, it, it's great to sort of start breaking it down. I think you really amazing work to sort of do this much already, but I think, I think the, the sort of getting deeper maybe into the communities and having it driven by your own team as well people know the charities that they need to support in their areas so i think it's a really cool idea to sort of start getting into sort of that more granular stuff it's really cool
2: yeah absolutely
1: i did want to ask you a little bit away from rainbow arcade for a second and i would love to ask you about uh for your own stream what are your like personal moments that you've you've your memories that you've loved about about streaming.
2: Yeah, I I think every streamer is gonna jump on and say like they they love their community, and mm-hmm. I can definitely say the same thing. I you know I've I've watched as like the communities come together around like really amazing things. For example, something that really jumps out to me from this year is one of our community members uh, was was robbed at gunpoint in their home, and really? yeah, and we actually did a very impromptu fundraiser to help replace the things that they lost. And I think we actually mm-hmm. raised over, you know, $3,000 $3, for them just to help them get back mm-hmm. on their feet mm-hmm. and things like that. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, other things as well is, you know, I really think about like founding the Rainbow Arcade and sort of like the 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 overall mission that like my mm-hmm. community has taken up like as well about, you know, being uh, a community that, that builds something where you know, as people come in, they're safe here that they're welcomed, you know, I think about new people who come in all the time, and then current community members who welcome them with open arms. And just doing those, those kinds of things are really meaningful and impactful. And I, you know, I, like I said, I'd been on social media and done the whole thing with my partner for years, like we had been on Instagram, and I I think we got very jaded to Instagram, it's two dimensionalness and, and granted, it afforded us a lot of really cool opportunities and stuff. But being on Twitch has really changed me and, and, you know, I, I feel like I can't thank my community and Twitch enough. I know Twitch is really getting ragged on right now, but I think we can all agree that it's brought us really good things too. Uh, and I Definitely. know for me, I I could never like, I can't even imagine myself without the friends and family and community that I have now through my channel. Um, you know, I, I consider every one of them a friend and, and, it's like, especially in 2020, it's been amazing to have that network and that group of people there to like have each other's back. So, mm-hmm. and, you know, those are some of the things that stand out to me. But I, I just, I just love Twitch. Uh, you know, even with the messiness, you know, it yeah. can, like anything it can get messy, but it's still the same. Yeah, yeah. so. I'll always
1: bleed purple.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: Justin. Last thing then. So uh, shout outs uh, for yourself. Where can people find you? Rainbow Arcade, where can people find them? Uh, go.
2: Yeah, so uh, you, can me, <laughs> you can find me on Twitch at Justin underscore Nick. Uh, and unfortunately, because I have the most common name ever, uh, I could not possibly get the same thing across all platforms. So on Twitter, I'm Justin underscore more, M-O-O-R-E. M-O-O-R-E. Uh, those are probably like the the two main places, I would say. For Rainbow Arcade, uh, we do have the Rainbow Arcade Twitch channel. Uh, Rainbow, just Rainbow Arcade. Uh, we, on Twitter, we're RainbowRNBW underscore Arcade. Um, and then we do have a website as well, RainbowArcade.tv, where you can see a lot of our past projects, look at all of our, our members, and they have like a little bio there and then links to their social media as well. So if you want to check out... Anybody from the team, a rainbowarcade.tv is a really good place to start. Brilliant.
0: Right. Uh, Justin, thank you so much for joining us today. No, thank um, you. It's fantastic to have us yeah. as our debut guest
1: on our new <laughs> podcast. Yeah, we could not have done it without you. No, so. you
2: both, this was amazing. Thank you so much for having me on. That's, uh,
1: it's. You're more than welcome. it have been so much fun to have on. This went so much more smoothly than I thought it was going to go. As sure, well, sure. We're professional. Which is great. We are we're super amazing. professional. In fact, <laughs> with that said, uh, I did We've wanna... made
0: it through an hour and 22 minutes without a fuck-up. I'm very happy, <laughs> I'll be honest.
1: Oh, okay. And after that, I guess uh, all that's left to say is thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Gaming Podcast Live. Uh, we will be back in about two weeks time uh, with a uh, special guest the wonderful wonderful nicotine so make sure that you're here for that in the meantime uh, you can keep reading gaming magazine uh over at uh, plug the plug the website robin i got it i got it yeah, i got it I gaming the I mag there
0: we go that was almost a <laughs> it, it, shush it was fine <laughs> I just um, couldn't. I couldn't find the right button fast enough.
1: <laughs> if you can't wait that long and you want to see our well, our, our wonderful cells in the meantime, you can also check out this again when it goes live. What what services will this be on, by the way, Robin? didn't oh, all, all of them. All, all the of them. All of them. All the services. <laughs> and I'm sure that'll be <laughs> anywhere you can get
0: uh, on a Gaming Mag podcast. Yeah. Get, the the best place to go is gamingmag.com dot forward yeah. slash podcast. Because yeah. uh, everything's written there.
1: Alternatively, you can join us in the Discord as well. So, yeah, b- bounce yeah. on in to the Discord, yep. which will be linked in chat uh, for yep. those of you here right now. Uh, or you can just find it underneath this this post too if you're on the website. And uh, come and come and join us. Come and hang out. Come and talk about all the fun uh, world of uh, gaming. Yeah. Heck
0: yeah. i oh, just drop that link now because it's gamingmag.com forward slash Discord.
1: Oh, that's really,
0: really straightforward.
1: Heck yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: None of these nice. invite links of XYP underscore E and <laughs> whatever else.
1: Yeah. Awesome. So I guess and until next time, that's about it. So we will uh see you then. See you soon. Bye. Bye everybody. Bye. <laughs> bye 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 bye.